Turkey hunting is one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt when I'm hunting turkeys. It is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without your essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on and having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Many of you know Axis deer is considered to be the best tasting venison on the planet. I've been hearing that for years. And that those deer cause some ecological harm. Well, Maui Nui Venison is bringing those Axis deer to the market. So you can get some fresh cuts and sticks shipped to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com. Use promo code MEATEATER for 20% off your order. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by First Light, creating proven, versatile hunting apparel from merino base layers to technical outerwear for every hunt. First Light, go farther, stay longer. like a strong uh, emotional connection to this song. <laughs> no, no, no. Everybody, we're in Atlanta, Georgia, joined by Austin Riley, third baseman for the Atlanta Braves. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys it. Beat our, you guys beat our man Pete last night bad. <laughs> I bad. felt all bad. You got you weren't like it seemed like you just like came, parked your car and came in there and, and got a nice hit. And... Yeah, I mean, um, 
We needed that one. I mean, the the race is is tough. They've you know the Mets are a really good squad. Um, they've had a really good season, and and you know we're we're trying to win a division, and and you know this is what September baseball is all about. It's I mean it's it's about the those those fights um, with it within the division, and and you know last night was uh, luckily it was on our side, but we got two more against them, and and you know any, anything can happen. Explain to me like. Um... Explain me like I'm five years old, which is about where I'm at. With baseball knowledge, for sure. <laughs> what? Okay. So last night you guys won handily. Well, I mean, in the end, it, it, yeah. someone could have like... Last inning was a little hairy, but you guys oh, pulled it and, and uh And uh, just the... the I, I can't remember. We just met him. Uh, Tyler. Tyler. He was... Dude, he milked it. He was milking it out <laughs> yeah. at the plate. Bases were loaded. I was like, "Wow, this is like you know, could it could change in a heartbeat." Oh yeah, yeah. like one hit could right. have been that you guys would have been you guys would have been losing all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing when when that's going on? Are you do you look? I mean, oh yeah, you, you definitely you gotta you gotta play the whole situations um, in, in your head. I mean, you know that's you know bases loaded up by three. You know, one like I said, one swing of a bat could could put us down by one um but you know having kenley up there you know the the career that he's had i mean he's he's one of the best closers in the game you know you know in in, in baseball that's been around i mean he yeah. so you you definitely have a, a a trust in him no no doubt um and and luckily was he was able to, to slam the door yeah so now here's the part where you got explaining me like i'm five okay you you guys are both you're both headed to the playoffs right but there's a you have a three game series, correct. So whoever whoever would win the the the, the advantage of winning the series is just that you get a break, correct. So right now we've so right now obviously oh it's tied now. But say if the Mets were to to win the division, they would get a you basically miss the wild whoever wins the division you miss the wild card. Okay. So if say if we were to to lose. We would uh, end the season in Miami on Wednesday, have an off day on Thursday, and then we would play the wild card Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then if whoever wins uh, the division, then you would get like that five-day break. And there's and then you have fewer games separating you from the finality of it all, separating you from the championship. You have you have fewer opportunities to get knocked out. Correct. So it's like you got the wild card, NLDS, NLCS. And then the the World Series. So it, it, you know, if you make it all the way to the World Series, you're playing till November seventh. Um, so it's it it actually is a there's a lot of downtime, but at the same time, it, it like flies. But going through it last year, um, the playoffs fly by. Um, but it, it's just like like right now. So we're tied right now. Say if we were to so we got three games after after these two games, um, and say if we tie, then it goes to the best record against each other so say if say if we were to tie like straight up uh to end the season um and then then it would go but who who won the most games between us and the Mets like out of the whole season and then that's who would that's how you decide the the division so um it gets a little little complicated at times um yeah I wish I was wishing it'd be more clean Oh yeah, no. You wish you could, like, you know, like the Super Bowl is clean, right? Right. You know, yeah. You, no, you there's. Get it. You get well, it's it, just right? like, it's just like even like minor, like you got the minor leagues. You go through. I went through six systems 
before I got to the big leagues. Mm. It's like you play for six years before you even get the opportunity at the big leagues. It's just baseball's complicated. That's the only way to put it. Yeah, you came up. It's a beautiful like, game, but, but it's complicated. But you, came, you came up like through the ranks, though, man. I, I you know, was fortunate enough to to kind of go through pretty quick. Um, you know, and and just like I said, I had a, a lot of the organization gave me every opportunity in in the books to to grow my game and and succeed. Um, so I mean, like I said, I've been been very fortunate. Yeah, and Austin played for one of the best minor league team names. He played for the Javelinas for oh. a little bit. So that's the fall league. That's another like. Fall and it's, so there's a league that um, that they do that's not affiliated with any uh, organization. So it's they call it the Arizona Fall League. Um, it happens the month of November. Uh, it's in it's in Arizona at the their the uh, spring training complexes out there, and each team sends like two or three guys from each squad, and they go play together. Um, and, and you know you play like I think it's like thirty games, super laid back. Um, but yeah, that's it's not an affiliate or anything, but um, it is it's a different type of type of league, but it's it's fun. You know what we were talking about last night? Do you uh, do you get when you hear "Take Me Out to the Ballpark"? What's that song? How's it go? Close. Take me out of the ball game. game. Yeah. There you go. Okay, I'll give five bucks to anyone in this room to tell me who wrote that. Oh, I don't even know it. Okay. Keep your five dollars. You, <laughs> <laughs> when you hear it, do you get stirred up? I think you. it, it gets played so much, it just kind of t- I tune it out yeah. a little bit. White, white like, noise see, after that's a while. The thing is, everybody got up to sing, and Corinne was like, why aren't you singing? I, was, I just don't have an emotional like, connection to it. Yeah, it's like seventh inning stretch. That's what they play. <laughs> Um, you hear it for 162 day or games. It's like, all right, no, it's, it's, it was, let's, get, it's, let's get to the eighth inning. <laughs> Albert Von <laughs> Albert Von Tilzer. Albert Von Tilzer. Yep, wrote many hit songs. Let me tell you some. Of his I'm a big hits. Von Tilsner head. Let me tell you some. <laughs> some of, here's some Tilsner more head. of his hits. You ready for this? Put on your slippers and fill your pipe. You're not going bye bye tonight. That's the Eric Von Tilzer. That was a Von Tilzer song. Um, he's got some. He's got some. Oh, here's here's another one of his hits. Oh, how she could yakky hacky, wicky wacky woo. <laughs> this is a family show, Steve. Here's another. Here's another one of his hits. My cuties do at two to two. So at one fifty eight, I don't know if that's a.m. or p.m. His cutie is due at 158. Um, another one of his hits is Wait Till You Get Them Up in the Air, Boys. That's some interesting ones. <laughs> Boy. Prolific. I, <laughs> but Take Me Out to the Ball Game was listed as number eight on the list of songs of the century. Mm. So, Corinne, next time you see me That's not sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game, it's just, uh, you know. I'll, I'll sing some Fogarty. You're wishing it was the what was it yakety wacky? I, I thought was. that they. I, I was like, I was, I was hoping that they would play. Oh, how she could yakky hacky, <laughs> wicky wacky woo. But there's some people in this room <laughs> for whom take me out to the ball game. Uh, tugs on the heartstrings a bit. Yeah, yeah I'm sure, it definitely did for me. Hey, let, let sure. me ask you. Let me ask you another question. Then we're gonna we got to cover off on some stuff. But you, so with the whole, do you ever feel like it's a it's a it's a um 
it's like a slap in the face of a deer hunter such as yourself that everything ends on november 7 yeah <laughs> like you could be like let's start a week earlier we'll start everything a week earlier <laughs> Right, and then I'll hunt the first week in November for whitetails, and then you know, yeah, it's it's tough. Like last year, um, even like you know, because our our regular season ends October third, um, and last year before we went to the playoffs, like if, if we like won, we were not even above five hundred at the break. Like it was it was a rough season last year, and like we just got hot at the right time, like took off. So I had like three hunts planned in October <laughs> Did you really? that I was just like with my buddy Tyler and like it's just like one after the other I was having like I am canceling this one where we made it another week cancel this one we made another week cancel that one made another week um all all worth it um totally. wouldn't, wouldn't change it for the world right. <laughs> totally <laughs> worth it. throw that out there so no one's mad at me um <laughs> but no it's um you know, as much as I want to, you know, be there for opening day, I I got the best of both worlds. It's like as soon as baseball ends, I go right into hunting season, You're just in it, and I'm in it until it's time to go back to baseball. But but for for uh, you like to hunt turkeys? I mean, you got to be totally boned on turkey hunting, right? Yeah, that, I, that's hard. I, I've never never killed an eastern. I've killed uh, two Osceolas uh, all during spring training. Oh, um, I got you. So, Ooh, well yeah, played, right? Yeah. So it's like all my buddies back home give me give me crap from like you didn't even kill an eastern. I'm like I don't get the chance. Like, yeah, give me a break. But yeah, you're out. Uh, when you are when you talk about when you, when you're you have a hunt plan and it, obviously you want to you know you want to win, no doubt. But do you um <laughs> is there ever any part of your head right that's like man. I was really looking forward to going on that trip. I mean, yeah, of course. Like you, you know, I, I, my passion. I l- absolutely love to to hunt whitetails. Um, so anytime, especially like, never been much out of the state uh, growing up. So I've I've killed, you know, I've killed a, a deer in, in um, Texas, Nebraska, and Louisiana. And one of those trips that I had to cancel was at the Grigsby's in Illinois. And that was like, growing up, that was like my dream to go to Illinois. Got it, so got that, it. that one hurt a little bit. Mm. Um, but like I said, there's there's always other opportunities. Yeah. Um, for, so you, oh, go ahead. For growing up in Mississippi, was that like the holy land of deer hunting was looking yeah. at Illinois? Illinois, Kansas, yeah. mm-hmm. like just going up there. Like that was like my, that's my bucket list is to go up there and chase some, some big white tails. So what, um. How old are you right now? 25. And then, so in, in 15 years, what, like an old, you, you're an old ass ball player at 40, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like most guys are out 35 ish. No. So, um, uh, side note, um, as soon as I'm done with that, I'm chasing elk in September uh, <laughs> with my boat, so when they're bugling. So that's, that's another bucket list. So, but, as, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, not that the tunnel's that dark, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, 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 like got, the way the I whole got, thing. That's why I don't complain. I got plenty of opportunities. Yeah, because like, you were you were on a professional track in your teens, right? So it's like you've had a career. Right. And yeah. you'll still be, unless you do something horrible to your knees. Right. I'll be able you'll to. Be, I'll, just tear it up. Yeah, I'll be able to hunt as much as I want. So that's like I said, you don't, not every day you get to go chase a World Series, so. I'm I'm taking taking. No, it is not every yeah, day. Yeah, not every day. So, like I said, as as much as I love hunting, I wouldn't would not trade change that for the world. Yeah, I got it. 
Okay, Austin's got uh, he's got limited time. He's got stuff going on. He's got a big game tonight. We're going to get into some other stuff, and then we're going to get back in with him in a little bit. All right, here's here's the thing we got to talk about. And sometimes something gets so talked about, I don't want to talk about it, because what's there to say? The... Okay. Who I like the fact that that that, that, that I'm trying to put this here, Corinne. Why did you determine that 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 we didn't need to talk about it? Because everyone's already talked about it. So <sighs> exactly as you said, it's true. But like, what what more is there to say? Like, I just felt like the news would make its rounds in all of the various circles that it's uh, flying around and that's it. We didn't need to touch on it. Well, I want, I didn't want to talk about it, but now you really do. But then <laughs> it came to be that I realized I had a dissenting view. I had a dissenting view from the rest of America and thought we, I, and, I, and I wanted to talk about it. When you Google this story, the first results are NPR, TMZ, LA times. So when you say everyone's talked about it, I mean lit- literally everyone's. Oh, talked I don't about mean like it. everyone that I hang out with. Yeah, I mean like America. Yeah. Okay. Tell 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 the st- just to bring people up to speed, Spencer. Do you mind telling the story? Sure. This uh this sort of like entered our radar about a week ago, where screenshots started floating around every piece of social media from Facebook to Reddit to Instagram, Twitter, etc., where it was a woman who posted on Facebook. Uh, Five photos holding a skinned out critter. And this is what the Facebook post says. It says, so this morning I set out for a solo predator hunt for a fall black bear. However, I got the opportunity to take another predator wolf pup. 2022 was a great feeling to text my man and say I just smoked a wolf pup. Hashtag first wolf. Hashtag one less predator Montana. Okay. Can you back up and give it to me a sentence at a time? Well, here's the problem. There's no No. punctuation. So if that that sounded clunky, it's because I don't know where one thought ends. Break it up in the same fashion and hit me with not a sentence, but a thought at a time. All right, let me try here. So this morning I set out for a solo predator hunt for a fall black bear. Great. (laughs) However. Great. I've done the, uh, I've done the same thing. <laughs> okay. How, however, I got the opportunity to take another predator wolf pup. Okay. Here's where things start. Okay. Great. Great. She lives in a state where she lives in a state that has a, a, a long wolf season. And I'll point out has wolf quotas. The state's divided into seven regions each region has its own quota. There's a sto- there's a total statewide quota. Uh, she has uh, the necessary permit. Okay, nothing afoul. Now the pup part, um, the might pup be on part, the nose. What? <laughs> hits it on the nose. But so okay, great. Okay, go on. <laughs> and uh, the last thing says, 2022 was a great feeling to text my man and say I just smoked a wolf pup. Okay, so has a great relationship with her boyfriend. <laughs> Excited to share details of her life with him. Use the, use the word choice, the, uh, a euphemism for killed. But let's say she had said got. 
text my man. I got my first wolf pup. Okay. And then that's followed by hashtag first wolf, hashtag one last predator Montana. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that the motivation is one less predator. I think the motive, you know, the motivation is like, you want to go hunting, you want to get a wolf. I don't know that people really, if you wanted to wake up any, at any given day and do something for wildlife in your state, okay, and in your, in your soul, your, your soul goal is to benefit wildlife in your state or benefit ungulates in your state. I don't think that hunting predators is the best. I don't think that hunting wolves is the best use of your time. I think it would be that you would volunteer for the day for Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. You'd volunteer for the day for Mule Deer Foundation. You would go to work that day and take all the money you made at work that day and give it to a habitat organization. It's similar to... I think it's similar. Like, let's say you wanted to go shoot prairie dogs. Um, but then you say like, Oh, I'm going to help the rancher out. You know, I think it's mostly you want to go shoot prairie dogs. If you went to a ranch, yeah. if you went to a rancher's house and said, you know, today I woke up and I just wanted to help you out. <laughs> what, what is the thing I could do most to help you out? I don't think that's what he's going to say. He'd say fix fence. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's what he's going to say. <laughs> He'd say. Stretch a wire. He's going to say like, oh, dude, you know what I'm dreading? (laughs) You know what I don't want to do? Throw square bales. Yeah, it's just. (laughs) Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of mental masturbation that happens with people where you are, you get into where you're, there's a thing you want to do and you have perfectly legitimate reasons to do it, but you dress it up as though it's like somewhat altruistic. You know, altruistic would be that. You went that you had the day off, went to your boss and says, I want to work today. I want to do overtime today, whatever. And then I'm just going to, and then I'm going to take the entire pay for today and and donate it to a wildlife habitat organization. That would, you know, so it's a little fishy there. I mean, this story gets a lot more fishy, but up to this point, I'm just laying out like what, okay, the parts. Now, here's the plot. It's not that so far. Maybe a little bit of mental masturbation, but not offensive. Yeah. Here's here's the plot twist and why, you know, TMZ <laughs> and NPR are talking about this. The five photos she posted are not with a wolf. They're with a husky. Yeah. That's where a it gets dead that's husky. Where you, that's where you enter into a problem. A dead husky and a, a skinned out husky. She rugged it out. Yes. Now, <laughs> if it was a lab or a beagle... <laughs> Or a hound. Yeah. I would be more inclined to be like, what the, right? More inclined. You're you're already giving her too much credit. Listen, it's not, as I understand it, as I understand it, she was way back in the mountains and someone had dumped a pack, so to speak. Someone had dumped a pack of like sled dogs, right? Had dumped a pack of sled dogs out in the middle of nowhere just to get just to get rid of them and dump them. 
So that that Facebook post was on Saturday, and it, it had done its thing. It was all over by Sunday, and and I feel like we were all getting texts of it, like, "Is this real? This is a joke, right?" And things like that. Well, I think on Monday is when the sheriff's office for Flathead County put out a statement. And that's when they gave those extra details that a pack of dogs were dumped in the wilderness. And I think up until that point, 11 of those dogs had been recovered. And it was like, what, 19 or something that got dumped? Well, like the, a different Facebook post from this woman who shot the husky, she said that there were 19 dogs that were dropped off and that she was 11 miles in the backcountry. So people had already kind of like formed their opinions by this point, by, by like the three days, two days later, you know, when the sheriff's office has a statement. I think that you could... You know when you go to get, if you go to bear hunt in a state that has black bears and grizzlies in the lower 48, your state agency is probably going to make you go do a thing where you have to look at pictures of, you have to look at pictures of bears in various contexts and pass a test about how well you can distinguish a black bear from a grizzly. It is not an easy test. I'm not saying, I'm not even kind of saying it's the same thing with a husky and a wolf, but placed in a certain context where the last thing on your mind is one thing, I think that it would be, let me put it to you, I'll, I'll, let, let me tell you a story. Years ago, we went down, uh, when I was in school, me and some, me and my, and uh, when I, when I was in school in Montana, my brother Danny was in school at Auburn. We went down to hunt the Tuskegee National Forest. Okay. And it was a great time. We just hunted public land, had really no idea what we're doing. Everybody got a buck. I got a buck who's a spike that was so small. We laughed because I cut it off with a hacksaw and I was able to carry its rack around in my shirt pocket. <laughs> cut a real thin little slice. You still have that rack? No, I wish I did, man. Mm. I, could, I literally went home with that rack in my shirt pocket, but it was a legal buck. Either way, I remember one point when I was walking down this road through Tuskegee National Forest and looked down a cut line and hit the deck because there's a deer. But once I looked through my scope, it was some damn big dog. But if I was walking down a street or a sidewalk through a neighborhood and I saw an object step into a cut line, I wouldn't have thought, or step into an alley, I wouldn't have thought, there's a deer. Yeah, you'd think there's a dog. Because the context of where you're at influences what you see. And according to this woman, she was 11 miles in the backcountry. Which I don't know what that means. Maybe 11, she might have been 10 miles up a logging road and then hiked, I don't really know what that means. I, I absolutely understand that, but I think one thing we should talk about is that there is no like so this was a domesticated dog who was dumped into the woods and she rugged it out well here's the thing <laughs> what do you there's no way this this dog probably saw a human for the first time and however and was probably probably ran up super friendly like oh my god i don't know man you don't think so I've, she, I've she been says out. it ran up in in like growling and snarling you think, right? well, okay i've been out coyote hunting know. before and called in dogs with a collar on but when they hear that coyote fight sound playing they come running in ready to you know fuck something up they're ready to fight and i mean i have like personally called in a husky while coyote hunting and in that context i can what? oh yeah yeah with a collar on yeah oh. it, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I called in a neighbor's German Shepherd one time, coyote hunting. Yep. It can happen. Definitely. I didn't shoot it. No, I did not shoot it. I am not in any way. I'm not in any way. I'm not in any ways saying it could have happened to anyone. I don't think it could have happened to anyone. I I I just think that the 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 criticism um is a little carried away. And I think that it's not it doesn't strike me as like this hor- it doesn't strike me as this horribly negligent egregious thing it was like it was a mistake but it wasn't if it was a lab like i said if it was a lab or a beagle you'd be what but there are black wolves there are white wolves there are mixed color wolves we recently saw a pack of hunting in alaska we saw a pack of 14 all black wolves i didn't even know that could happen dang 14 solid black wolves and when you're looking at them from a long ways away through a spot and scope, you would be like, holy shit, there's a bunch of black dogs running along because they're just black. Mm-hmm. So it, it just it doesn't strike me. It just doesn't strike me as insane as it's striking everybody else. And I think there's a on people's behalf, there's like a shitload of moral posturing. And I think the most the people that are most mad would have been just as mad if it had been a wolf. And somehow, weirdly, when a woman does something, it pisses people off more than when a guy does it. That's true. And even though she's not going to face any legal trouble, this is going to follow her around for the rest of her life. You know, it's like, going to have that stigma. Because it, it, if a woman does something, there's something about it that just makes even women hate them more. You know, women are... They're not given because it's like because she did this awful thing and tried to thought she killed a wolf, tried to kill a wolf. It was a dog. It's like they're going to pile onto her harder. Yeah, I think it's the sheer just brazen confidence of that Facebook post, too. That's it's adding a lot of fuel. But to the see, fire. and my but my context there would be then that it is a genuine mistake, right? That it's just an individual and, made a mistake. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people have like this disneyfication of like what a wolf would look like right i i I don't think people even always really know exactly what they but should be looking at the people that are pissed would have been pissed if it was a wolf yeah Yeah, yeah. totally totally like the the news coverage you see of this it always this is now like a launching pad to talk about like the delisting of wolves and things like that. You see that in all these news sources that are covering yeah. this story. Oh, well, it becomes it so becomes unrelated. not that a woman shot a husky. Oh. It talks about like the protection of wolves in the Rocky Mountains. It's a referendum. Yeah, it becomes a referendum on whether a, the the state uh, should be allowed to manage the resource. Yeah, so it's like we shouldn't have wolves delisted because otherwise huskies are getting shot. The husky could get shot. <laughs> We need to add some more clarity. You should make a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Need to add some more clarity to the story, though. So she had posted that like on the weekend, right? And the the sheriff's Uh office releases a statement a few days later. Um, And then she puts a follow-up post on Facebook. And you had talked about how she had shot it because it was uh, like barking at her or whatever. Here's what her post says. Uh, this, This is just part of it. It says... I I would still have shot it because it was aggressive and coming directly for me. So that that Hmm. was part of her story that came out later uh, Hmm. that the husky, you know, was posturing as though it was going to attack her. Hmm. I mean, I I, I can't buy that. Well, (laughs) I I don't have a problem with that. 
Well, <laughs> even matters. It's like dogs. We call it burger barking. Like coyotes do it. Dogs do it when they first see a stranger. Hell, my dog does it through the window of the truck. Like she yeah, sees someone right, walking right. in the dark. Right, hackles go up. She barks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. it's yeah. a convenient you're out there by yourself. Yeah. It is. It's that. a convenient it's, detail. It's, convenient. it's a convenient detail. I don't know. I I don't know if it's true. I could see why someone in this situation would feel the need to um, try to get themselves out of the, the death threats. Storm. Yeah. And I, right? Like, totally. I could see why someone under great duress might yep. stretch the truth. But in and of itself, that is not an outrageous claim. No, it's not. It if, is not. If someone told me, if, if, if my wife was on a hike with the kids and she came back and said, we were way up so such and such place, and some damn dog comes out of nowhere, barking and growling at us. Would I be like, "You lying?" Right? No, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? I'd be like, "Okay, that's like I can imagine that happening." Oh, there's a lot of places that I've hunted in South Dakota, Wyoming. It's like you have a random stray dog come through your decoy spread. Yeah, while you're out there, and it's like, oh, that's. That's not anybody's pet. That's just a dog out roaming, doing its thing. We were turkey hunting in a in a remote area of Montana. I mean, as remote as you can get and be hunting turkeys. Turkey hunting in a remote area of Montana. And at one point, I looked out across this large patch of open ground. And I'm like, what in the world is that? Because I couldn't tell what was going on. As we got closer and investigated, it was a domestic dog dragging a deer. Very it was a similar. domestic dog mm-hmm. dragging a dead deer through the fields. Yep, very similar story. Me and you remember Danny Morrison, mm-hmm. old two no. toes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, me and Danny were we were turkey hunting in South Dakota, and uh, Danny was trying to get on this one gobbler, and then this thing just disappeared. It seemed it wasn't out in the field anymore, and uh, he pops up over this little ridge to get a glimpse put binos up and there's a stray dog that had killed this turkey just out in an open field oh really yep eating on a turkey out in the middle of grass pasture yeah here's another quote from her follow-up facebook post it says my safety was top priority this animal was growling howling and coming at me like it was going to eat me okay (laughs) i don't know i've never met the individual i don't know that that's true but that is not outrageous yeah and even if it's not true like like you, know, you say said, someone told an outrageous lie that might be a lie but it's not an outrageous lie well i mean either way like you you can see how she's just trying to not completely completely understandable destroyed. it's just yeah, yeah i and, and you've, you've you've kind of pulled me over to the other side steve but it's just the, the 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 facebook <laughs> the the complete kind of her first post was like, I smoked, I smoked this wolf. I'm going to tell my husband. And the next post was like, it was growling and snarling and charging at me. I had no other choice. You know, it's just kind <laughs> yeah, of that. It's, that. Con- totally. it's convenient. Yeah. She's under tremendous duress. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, just to, uh, we're not summed up yet. Cause I want, we, we need to hear the, mm-hmm. <laughs> what her boyfriend had to say. Yep. And I, and here I respect the, um, uh, you know, you know that Tammy want to stand by your man? This is like stand by your woman. <laughs> stand, stand by, by your woman. Your woman. <laughs> now you're you're referring to a follow-up Facebook post by the husband. And in that Facebook post, one of the yeah. details that he says is that she has not been filed 
for any charges. Well, I think and, you should read the whole and thing. And she will not be ch- filed for any charges. But the sheriff's office um, says that they are investigating the thing. She's not going to get in trouble. She shouldn't, man. Like... There were other claims, which I, I don't know how people came upon these that she addressed in the Facebook post that she didn't have a wolf tag. She did have a wolf tag. She says she has a wolf tag, but I, I don't see anything in the sheriff's office statement saying that she did. It just says it's under investigation. I thought it was clear. No, I think and, it was clarified that she had a wolf tag. Okay. Well, and it kind of doesn't might, matter you know, if she had a like wolf a tag lot of this she didn't shit a is like A lot of this stuff is this. A lot of it's like, hate the game, not the player. Do you know what I'm saying? People are mad because they would have been mad if she shot the damn wolf. Uh, Phil, you know that you have a little machine that bleeps out obscenities? Yeah. You're going to need to get a new one because the one you got now (laughs) is going to be worn out. (laughs) It's going to be worn out, but I want you to very carefully, Spencer's going to read it, and I want you to to, to, to very carefully bleep the obscenities out. And I think this would make a phenomenal (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. This is going to make me blush. And and like our last... uh, email t-shirt this one lacks punctuation <laughs> but don't worry about because phil's gonna bleep it all out no yeah. one will know what it was that you said that's right yeah this is just gonna sound like a mad lib when we're done where it's like uh, insert <laughs> if we do a t-shirt of it, i don't know if we can we check copyright maybe the individual but um <laughs> it would be with all the like dollar signs and asterisks and stuff for when you do a lot like a lot of swear yeah, words. when you're texting yeah but here's an individual who's girlfriend is getting death threats and here's his response yeah i don't even fault him for this i we we're talking about making a template that other people could use this for ready yeah any of you mother talk all that you cause not one of you mother are tough enough to act on any of your bullshit said if so come to my place and i'll beat your myself yeah, my girlfriend was out hunting and shot a f- dog that was dumped out in the woods. No charges have been filed or will be filed because no laws were broke. It was a deer chasing feral ass dog on the wrong place at the wrong time. So if you want to be a bunch of crybaby ass f- sheep, <laughs> keep going because we really don't give two f- about what's going on or what's being said. Mistakes happen, big f- deal. You cry baby mother and for any other hunters who want to talk saying it looks bad, well, it does, you stupid mother <laughs> But mistakes happen. So like I said, any of you want to act on any of these threats and bullshit, come up because I got one for you. Sure. I love how sure. she goes through that. I totally understand. I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite part is like, you all you have to say it looks bad. Well, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Think I'm an idiot. It's okay, so they're owning their shit. Yeah. Okay, and intention Absolutely. matters. Yeah. And intent, their, their intention was not to do what ended up being done. Strip away, strip away the passion. <laughs> strip away the passion. What 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 is what is left when you strip away the passion? Well, we He's, we have. Left. My girlfriend made a mistake. She shot a dog. It was a. A dog out in the wild. It was a deer-eating dog. It was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sure, it looks bad. Mistakes happen, and no laws are broken. That's no yeah, laws that's broken. His, it's that's like his okay, post. strip away the passion, and you, it's like you just aren't dealing with people who are that. It's not like you're dealing with irrational people. It was a mistake. This what? sounds kind of irrational. 
Well, it's because it's infused with passion. He's pumped up, you know? Well, the Talk one. about infused with passion. Sean's duck report. Yeah, exactly. We spent like 25 minutes on that. Time to move on. Uh, you are right in that you are the, one of the only people I've seen take this stance on the internet, whether they're in the hunting community or not, that uh, this was kosher. No, no, no. I want you to now. I want you to do me this. Oh, I want you to tell me what my stance is because I want to make sure you're paying attention to what I'm saying. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not being fair. Your stance is that she made a mistake and that it it could happen to folks, and that that m- I think that much of the anger is coming from people who have a problem with something put in place by the state where she lives. And they're deflecting that honor and in a big way. You know, earlier I was saying it's because it's a girl, but if it was a dude, it'd be bad. I take that back. Oh, God. I take that part back. They'd be pissed at a dude. Oh, yeah. Were, were you saying? Oh, yeah. I was yeah. saying that, like, oh. people kind of. When oh, like a, a woman does something, like if a woman goes though. to Africa yeah. and gets. Yeah, it's it's whole, almost a little. It's like, in a way, it's a. People experience it different. It's that whole Kendall Jones thing, yep. right? It's like, because they're just like, you know, it just, people feel yep. it in a different no, way. No, I yeah. agree as a woman. It takes on a, yeah. it takes on like a sexual, the, the hatred takes on like a sexual violence kind of I, thing. I, I, I think, Some incel creeping in there a little bit. Yep. I think if it were a dude, they probably would have, well, I don't know. How do I quantify or qualify like worse? But- I think the follow-up, like a rabid dog and her dog was barking or I felt intimidated, I was, you know, protecting myself. I feel like something about that would not go over as much if it were a dude. Oh, yeah, you're right. There's some there's something about yeah, that. Yeah, a dude would have had a harder time. A dude would have had a harder time going yeah. down that path. No. Something you can't argue with though is that it appears as though she did a very good job of skinning out this husky. Great job. Yeah, well, what's great? <laughs> Like it would have made for a a very nice rug. If I, I, I mean, I would get it if 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 I don't know if John Hayes would do it, but I would foot the bill to have it done, <laughs> oh, and just have no. it be like, hey, you remember that whole deal? Well, there's that. And I don't think it's going to happen. You but know how if, many people death threat? How many death threats are going to come? I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Steve, I, I'm saying, Steve, I, I think you're oh, underestimating no. how passionate dog people I would, are. I would, if I could also, get it. No matter what, if human, I could get it, I would put it in the. I would get it rugged. I would get it rugged, and I would sell it in the auction house of oddities. No, that's a that's a sure oddity. Yeah, I think it would Probably fetch, fetch a, a I think lot it would of fetch money a generous for bid. conservation. It would fetch a generous bid. And let's see if those folks. Would uh, you know? I don't know. And that auction, listen, that because... auction house of oddities item, instead of that money going to the land access initiative of our own, I would take the money from that bid and give that money to the Mule Deer Foundation. Oh. And I would say, in the end, in the end, it was good for deer. <laughs> <laughs> just My bring it all home God. I think this won't be the last it. update we have on home this run, story <laughs> and, and here's why the sheriff's office said that they recovered 11 of the dogs and they are currently at the animal shelter but they're not up for adoption at this time what, what if we find out in like a week they're like yeah come get yourself an adult husky they're super friendly great family dogs uh, we feel very good about their prospects of, of going to a home 
I am not saying that it could have happened to anybody. Mm -hmm. I am saying that when you strip the parts out, it's not as insane. It's not as egregious as it's being portrayed. Fair. Agreed. And also, people just like stop with the death threats. Like, just yeah. stop. Oh that yeah, shit. like the Come threat of violence on. over just a, fucking a dog stop. in the wild. That's, that's just insane. the internet, though. Well, the, yeah, recently we had the guy. Down there, there's yeah, been guys. That's... Uh, there's been three guys that have brought llamas to check stations, thinking they had cow elk. Okay, do they all get death threats? They mistook, they mistook an animal. There was a guy in Colorado shot someone's mule. Thought he shot a cow elk. Should they be put to death? They shot something thinking it was something that no, it wasn't. Yeah, people just need to calm Do they need to die? Down and stop well, yeah. it. I mean, just come stop on. it. No, no justification. Like some people take violence. that real serious. Yeah, I don't think the hunter yeah. would want I don't think the hunter would want to do this at all. But if she if she would come, if she came on the show, I would love to have her on the show. How about her husband? Sure. Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Would love to have oh, him I'm sorry. Show. I don't think they'd want I don't think they'd want to do it, but if they wanted to come and tell the story, uh, it would be uh, I would love to have him on the show. I bet they come out of this with a renewed fervor in their relationship. Seems like they have a good relationship. Passionate. Well, listen. <laughs> she was excited to share. She was like again, let's say it had been a wolf. She was excited to share. He's defensive of her. Yep. Yeah. It's not like he's, he didn't cut and run. No. Yeah, no. He's standing by her. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside. Planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing. Taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do for your family this spring? You can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a thousand times. I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, we got serious about life insurance, and man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money. And provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. The single most valuable tool I have for chasing turkeys next to my scatter gun is the Onyx Hunt app. If I'm hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. If I'm not hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. I'm always using Onyx. I live by that stuff. I can't tell you the number of birds this app has put me on by allowing me to easily find new areas to hunt. It's invaluable. I use it all the time. Even properties I know super well. And I'm at my buddy Bubbly Doug's house. I'm using Onyx, and I've hunted this place a million times. With their compass mode, I can pinpoint exactly on the map where a gobble rang out from and then figure out the perfect spot to set up. Meaning, if I'm sitting there, let's say I'm at Bubbly Doug's, and I'm in the navel, and I hear, pow, I'll like instinctively pull up Bubbly Doug's place on on X and I'll look at the topography and I'll be like, oh, that sucker must be over in that little opening over there. Waypoints also, and the ability to share them, okay, comes in handy every spring. Whether that's revisiting old waypoints where I've been on birds before or sharing them 
to buddies to help put them on birds. This app will help you find more turkeys. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you, too. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this turkey season. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. These things are super cool as a gift, especially if you got mom, aunt, grandma, whoever, and you want to like keep them up to speed on what the family's up to. Okay, It's easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. Named the best digital picture frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. You can share photos to the frame instantly from anywhere, meaning you share videos, photos from any device, and they will instantly appear on the frame wherever it is in the world. There's no memory card required right now. Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code MEATEATER at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Before we get to Sean's dark report, we've got a, a couple announcements to make. Now, at TheMeatEater.com, we have a big, giant whitetail week running from... October 9th to 16th. During that, for most of it, huge first light sale happening from October 10th to the 16th. So all kinds of sweet deals at our store. Um, deals from Tethered, Timber Ninja, First Light's first whitetail sale, which puts 20% off all Spectre Camo, all solid base layer bottoms, all Hunter's Orange. Starts today, October 10. You can find it there something very exciting too a new product launch from phelps game calls tomorrow or depending on when you're listening to this october 11 phelps is launching the phelps deer call later this week fhf has its 24 hour only one shot deal so that's bundles of fhf gear you'll get with your first light purchase like get a free chest rig with purchase of a first light source puffy or get a free E3 pouch with purchase of the first light transfer pack. So check out all that stuff. Big week at themeateater.com. Now moving on to Sean. All right. We're tackling kind of a big one in the waterfowl community space right now. Uh, when I called John Devney from Delta Waterfowl asking for an interview, on this subject, his exact answer was, so you want to write an article on the most difficult waterfowl issue in the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> so, To which you said, by yep. God, yes. Yes, I do. And I, I bit off a lot here. It's taken me quite a bit of time to uh, write this article, write this duck report on this. And the subject is the Klamath Basin in the Oregon California border. Um, for a little context, the Klamath Basin is like Upper Klamath, Klamath Lake, then Lower Klamath Refuge and Thule Lake Refuge that drains down the Klamath River. Um, the Lower Klamath Refuge was Teddy Roosevelt's first waterfowl refuge, and 
that really surprises me that he got to that before he got to oh yeah because the waterfowl refuge might be different but you know like that real urgency around the shorebirds they were shooting for the plenary trade yeah i would have thought that that would have been one of his first things when mm. they were trying to save all the egrets and stuff yeah from commercial slaughter well and there's so much right there's so much uh waterfowl habitat in like the east and the south you even think about chesapeake bay yeah like during his time chesapeake bay is getting just raped and pillaged for better lack of words and and he goes and picks the klamath all the way over on the west coast but yep. uh the lower klamath and Tule lake refuges at their peak during the late 1950s were holding four to five million water birds Two hundred thousand would migrate to the refuge to molt in the summer hmm. um 80 percent of all pacific flyway water birds would stage here it had more pintails in just the Klamath Basin than occurred continentally. Like this place is one of the most vital, as as Dr. Chris Nikolai from Delta Waterfowl put it, he says this is the second most important refuge system in in the entire refuge system. What being number one? Yukon Delta. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be some stuff around the Gulf. Really? Yeah. Yep. Um and so all that is to say, the refuge is now bone dry. I mean, not a drop of water in the whole thing. And they've canceled the hunting season for it, uh, which is no surprise because there's no ducks there anyway. And if you go down here to the next kind of page, you'll see a picture from Brian Huber. He's a waterfowl biologist out there in California. And... uh the pictures are pretty grim and unfortunate because it's just a whole beautiful oasis, just cracked dirt and dry. Cracked, yeah, cracked, baked, it's like rock hard, cracked up, dried mm-hmm. mud, man. Yeah, and With a lot of skulls. You know, it's important to note, like we are all very aware of the drought that's just persisted across california and oregon and made you know wetlands having a real hard time in the west anyway california just shut down like three more refuges hunting seasons in central valley but um there's more to the story with klamath and i'll I'll try to not get too deep into the weeds here because it's a huge thing to tackle but One of the biggest problems that Klamath has faced specifically is, uh, according to Ron Cole, the former manager of the Klamath Basin, uh, the the complex, the refuge complex, he really just has a problem with what the ESA has done with the water. Um, They discovered two suckers there, the the Lost River sucker and the Short Nose sucker in the complex there that now with the ESA, a ton of the water allocation from the Bureau of Reclamation project there has gone to recovering these two suckers, as well as, of course, the threatened uh, Southern Oregon, Northern California, coastal coho salmon. And uh, you know, the ESA has so much power, right? That like it kind of Trump, it's the Trump card. 
that yep. the water all goes to recovering these these species and uh in the early 2000s 2006 ron cole had kind of helped bring all the partners to the table all the stakeholders so to speak california oregon bunch of indian tribes uh four counties individual farmers companies irrigation districts seven ngos he kind of got them all on one agreement that was the klamath basin restoration agreement and they all they all signed on with it and congress never got it passed uh it just it kind of went to the hill to die so to speak and so now everyone's kind of fragmented not mm -hmm. all on the same page anymore and not really getting along like they had before and uh you know the refuge specifically lower klamath and tule lake don't have a, a real water right they have one that's for agricultural use for thirty-five thousand acre feet and the fish and wildlife service hasn't like uh they haven't kind of demanded that water from the bureau of reclamation they haven't exercised that water right and so what you have now is one of the most vital waterfowl habitats in the country going bone dry and really no obvious way out in the short term um you know it's 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 sad it's sickening uh you know ron cole predicted it when they didn't get the restoration agreement passed that the refuge would go dry eight out of ten years Ooh, and really and you just start sterilizing soil right like you're you're baking what's wetland soil you're you're pretty much cooking organic material and you know they only had 120 nesting ducks on this whole place this year um hmm. it, it's a sad deal and you know hopefully hopefully kind of wake some people up to the water situation in the west as a whole and like kind of the importance of some nuance here i don't think anyone really has um like the end all be all answer but you know ron call ron cole put it really interestingly to me he said the pacific flyway is like a three-legged stool you have the klamath basin you have the central valley in california and you have the Bear River watershed, right? Salt Lake in Utah. And those three, um, those three places are kind of what props up and holds up the Pacific Flyway's ability to have ducks. Yep. And Central Valley in California is at like, you know, 95% wetland loss and hardly any water. Salt Lake is going dry. So one's bone dry, <clears throat> one's 95% dry. And then Salt Lake is like, you know, everyone's predicting five years type thing and so <sighs> yeah you you, you kind of just have this pervasive problem that hopefully hope it sucks that it has to get this bad for people to wake up to it but it, you hope it's actually at this point like a wake-up call we got to do something <clears throat> with I was going to ask an ignorant climate. question about like, well, they're birds. Why can they not like fly to some other habitat in the area? But it sounds like all the habitat is gone. Yeah, some, some inevitably will, but you're not going to. Yeah. Right. It's, it's yeah, for sure. In the short term, right. They can go to other places. Mm -hmm. The the problem is just uh, when you look landscape wide and when you have a net habitat loss, right. 
eventually the carrying capacity of the flyway just continues to decrease. And you have, um, you know, 80, 90% of all of California nesting mallards. California used to nest a lot of mallards in the Central Valley. 80 to 90% of those would all fly to the Klamath for their summer molt. And now it's like, they're going to fly there and find what? Mm-hmm. Bear dirt. Um, yeah. Some will figure something out, but you'll have just a massive net loss of birds, man. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting questions it brings up is, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? How, how far can you take it when you are pushing water downstream for the salmon to keep the water cooler before they eventually take out these Klamath dams um, as they allocate, you know, 40,000 acre feet of water for these um, suckers. As they allocate water, the little water they do have to these other things, like how far do you pursue, you know, the, the ESA, right? Before, yeah. Before it's like at the expense of everything else there. Yeah. You have some conservation dependent species. Right. They're hanging on by a thread. Yep. And someone might ask, is it worth losing 90, 95% of our ducks to save a conservation dependent species that is almost certainly doomed anyway? Yeah. And you know, the extinctions forever, man. Yeah. It's, it's, so, well, yeah, there's no, I'm not saying that like I have, no, I, I, it's a tough one because you could it also is. be like, we, you know, maybe we'll get some great wet years and it won't be an issue anymore, but that's not what, uh, climate models are showing. No climate models are showing that this is the new norm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And <clears throat> you just have, you know, you have more development, you have more egg like you have so many more things demanding water yeah in a time of less water i could see someone saying like is there a sophie's choice to be made here that you'd say um that you'd say that that it's too bad it's heartbreaking but some of these things are gonna some of these things that are are uh gonna have to step aside to make way for the longevity of things that have a greater a, a greater capacity to hang on right yeah i mean the klamath basin used to be 400,000 acres of wetland habitat yeah and then it's now like it's it's zero right <laughs> it's things can this isn't going to be but things can turn with 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 impounded water with watersheds things can turn around so fast but this is a this is turning into a long long issue yeah yeah it's not like a freakish year no it's the new norm yep especially in the west you know there's uh god what was that it's like malakaluga there's a lake that sits right above pyramid lake um that's like a playa right over the hill from pyramid lake that was the dr chris nicolai explained this to me it was our first it has the distinction of being our first national wildlife refuge to be sold 
because it just went dry and was never going to have water again. It hasn't had a duck on it in 80 years. Oh, you really? Know? Yeah. It's just like, it's a dry playa. And, and they just put the money into something else. Yeah. They sold it off, man. Turned it into BLM ground. And, wow. you know, that's, it sucks to say, but that's where you see some of these other things going unless, I, I, I guess, hopefully, um, if anything, there's kind of a, there's kind of a new spirit of the the actual current refuge man, manager John Vandenberg he he said to me he said I have hope that this is what brings everyone back to the table and gets everyone to like agree hey we need clean water going down the river for the salmon how do you get clean water you put it through a wetland right um you know we need a little bit more equity because what we're doing is not working. And, you know, he, he also said how beautiful would it be, right, to, to have, like, Teddy Roosevelt's first waterfowl refuge be kind of the pivotal moment of wetlands in the West. Mm-hmm. Like, we find a way to get through this and, and create a solution together and our generation be like the ones that, like, save the Klamath for the long haul yeah yeah which would be cool but yeah it's interesting ordeal you know pacific flyway's got like the most liberal limits they can shoot seven ducks a person out there they have the longest days um but that's not gonna last long if you keep losing all your wetlands yeah and all your water you hope waterfowl hunters in the area will step up yeah totally the Part of the problem that happened with the different sucker species is you didn't have a huge advocacy advocacy group arguing on their behalf the whole time. Yeah. You know, no Mm -hmm. one was, no one, people weren't watching, people weren't yelling. Right. And it winds up in a situation where it becomes a federal ESA issue. Right. And hunters, you know, hunters and anglers get criticized for being overly focused on the stuff they're, uh, being overly focused on trying to conserve the resources that they like to go after. But it's like, at least someone's doing it. Yeah. Be like, oh yeah, you just, cause you want to shoot them. It's like, well, it, first it's more complicated than that. And second, wouldn't it be great if every species had an advocacy group like this? Yeah. Yeah. Most people totally. don't advocate on behalf of any species. Right. So to, to knock on hunters for advocating on behalf of the ones they like, it's like, great buddy, go advocate on the behalf of the ones you like. Yeah. Or have you never done that? right yeah and now you have right you have even birders like pissed off in the pacific flyway because all of a sudden now what they you know kind of had they were able to kind of take for granted right was all these beautiful refuges that they could go bird at now all of a sudden they can't uh an interesting thing about the the advocacy thing, you know, I, obviously I have a bias of wetlands, right? Like there's a reason I love wetlands involving duck hunting, but I think one of the things here is you, you can't ever deny the importance of a wetland on a landscape. No, I mean, they are just, just for everything. They're just essential for everything. And, you know, the, at the same time that the salmon down river are facing like slow, warm water, dirty water, and they've got these like parasite issues in this salmon population, and they're pushing more water down river to try to speed up the water and make the water cooler. At the same time, they're like neglecting 
the most easy, obvious filter for that water, which is the wetland, yep. right? But hopefully, hopefully something changes. You know, there's at least a lot of attention on it now. Yep. So if you want to find out more and look at some pictures and stuff uh, about the, the the Klamath Basin and the whole situation with Pacific Flyway Waterfowl, check out Sean's big article at TheMeatEater.com. What are you going to call it? Uh, yeah, I'm not I don't know the exact title yet, but it was involved the Klamath. It's there right now. Go to TheMeatEater.com and you'll find Sean's article. And we got Austin Riley back with us here, so we're gonna get into we're gonna we're gonna get into talking about him now. Oh, so hey, hey, this this this, this is an interesting thing. I mean, this has just happened. This will help get us into uh this will help get us into sports talk. So we've covered if you listen to the show, you've become somewhat of a subject matter expert on walleye tournaments because of our, our very own Seth and Chester engaging in the Montana walleye tour. So we've learned all about walleye tours and bags and all that. Well, yesterday I get a text. Seth, yesterday, Seth's not with us right now, but Seth, yesterday, texts me a YouTube video titled, Walleye Cheaters, Busted, We Got Weights and Fish. So this is a walleye tournament in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And two anglers, Jake Runyon and Chase Comiskey, weighed in a five-fish limit that went just over 33 pounds. This is yesterday, so it says like 13, this is posted 13 hours ago. After being announced winners and also team of the year, the tournament master, like the tournament director, cut open their fish found eight pounds of lead sinkers and five fish. Also, I just talked to Seth this morning. They also, the fish were stuffed full of walleye fillets. Whoa. Which is smart. Because some of these things, they had uh, like four ounce lead sinkers in them. So how, how no one ever just palpated. Oh, that's. Do you know what I mean? Like, like. Can, if can you, you ran explain? your hand over the, if you just ran your hand over a fish, the, you know, it's not normal to find a rock hard hunk so, of lead in there. Can you so explain how egregious this is? Like just. Well, yeah, because there's, like, there's like, like other the, stuff they've won. I mean, you know, the, these guys might win 16 grand, 20 grand in a tournament. And these are just small, you know, these are hobby anglers. Well, you're going to hear how pissed off people are when, when we're going to play this little bit of this YouTube clip. But uh, yeah, it had a pair of fishing pliers, walleye flays, all kinds of lead weights. And what's weird about this tournament is the fish are dead. You know, like normally at tournaments, they're always working to keep the fish alive. Right. On the big tournaments, they put them in these holding tanks and the holding tanks have earth magnets in them to search for stuff and they're scanning fish. But... Seth says apparently these guys last year after winning failed a polygraph. But uh, failed a polygraph, but the evidence had already been destroyed. So this has been long suspected. And in this this video on YouTube is 15 minutes long, but in it, you see all the guys coming away in. And Sean, we're going to play the clip where where the the discovery happens but you can hear there's a lot of grumbling where guys are like but my fish are bigger than that you can just hear people be like i don't understand there's no way he's like let me this guy's like let me see those fish we had fish that were bigger than that there's no way those fish weigh that 
and things quiet down and then and then here here's what happens in the youtube clip we got weights and dicks there we go i love that everybody's like cheering after the fact oh it was like brewing, man. Like people knew, knew something people, was up. Yeah, people knew and people were. Yeah, pissed. so you were you were getting on the fact that so they they had weights, but then they also were stuffing them with walleye fillets. So apparently, at first, like the first thing they they cut one, he cuts one fish open. You see a guy just down there fiddling with the fish, and he cuts yep. one open and screams that out, and the and the announcer the announcer cocks back. Basically, is because the guy is standing right there, like people are braiding the guy. He's just standing there with it staring at the ground. Like he's there's nothing he can do, right? He's so busted. But the first thing on the announcer, the first impulse the announcer has is he cocks back like he's gonna give that dude the biggest haymaker, but just does an air punch instead next no, to I, his head. Yeah. I think he was throwing him out like a, a baseball umpire throws out a manager just arguing. That's what he did. He threw him out. Oh, of you there. think that's what yeah, that arm? He's like, you're out of here. That's, that's what the arm uh, thing was. See, I thought he was like, I'm going to hit him in the face. But then, like, changed his mind and did an air punch. That's how you read it? Yeah. Austin, have you been thrown out of a game before? Show him the video, and then and then he can decide. Yeah. One time, rookie ball. Um, that's the only time I've ever been thrown out. Other than that, um, I drew a line. A, a ball was like, it wasn't even close. Like, and I was, you know, I was 18. I was stupid. And, and that's like the last thing you can do. And uh-huh. like, I tried to like discreetly, like, as I'm like walking across the plate, I kind of like behind my back, like draw a line. And I ended up getting tossed. Uh, explain, explain, draw, what, what, draw a line. So, like, like, obviously you got the plate and, you know, ball's got to cross it. And anyway, it was like in the other, pretty much in the other's batter's box. And I was just showing the umpire where oh, gotcha. where it came across. I was just, oh, you were saying just in case you missed yeah. miss it. Here, this is actually where it crossed. <laughs> yeah. If you really want to know where it was, here's where it was. Yeah. Um, now you decide if this yeah. is an air punch or if he's getting thrown out like an umpire would. So the announcer's on the. It's that guy. The guy that's cutting. Yep. You hear? He said, "Get the f out of here." So yeah, I think he was like oh. giving him one of those. Well, I was trying to, I was trying to dramatize. I was trying to dramatize. We can make it that way for the uh, TV miniseries. Yeah, when they when they make a Netflix movie out of it, it'll be that he just he yeah. just gives him a haymaker. Like how many pounds of fish like coming at the weigh-in? Where you like look at a small fish and like what it or a small a pile of small fish, and you you like eyeball what approximately that should weigh and then it's like seven well, times more what the weight is with these fish that are known so it's not like a 300 pound yeah. shark right. where you're like i, yeah. I don't know what the hell yeah, yeah. Well, that's what i was gonna say i was gonna ask also is like was there a big difference in like first and second like they yeah come I mean, in no no it's close it's then, oh, okay yeah okay so yeah. it's not like it was just like well, maybe not in that one, right? Because of eight pounds of lead probably made a yeah. little bit of a gap. Well, no, because people have to watch the whole thing. Yeah. It, it was like uh, there was another team that had over 31 pounds, oh, right? So it was it was definitely – they put it – now, uh, apparently 48 states have just like flat-out rule against cheating in any tournament. So these guys – it's probably criminal. Oh, yeah. Oh, very there's, criminal most places. There's any, an article here from 2021 that talks about how the two-angler team had won $300,000 in victories. 
Wow. That's wow. all going to be under scrutiny now. Holy like, I'm sure. This, well, those guys had won 300 yes, grand in here's a, And this is an article That's from, you know, almost a year real ago. Real money. So they were like prolific anglers in this area. Oh, oh man. man. That is It's beyond just, like mischievous. Wow. Yeah. This is like felony. Stealing money. Yeah, all I mean, this, all this to say, what's the worst cheating you've ever done? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I grew up loving baseball in the late 90s. And, you know, it was it, like it's hard to talk about cheating without in with a baseball player without talking about steroids, man. It's oh, like just like the, the height of all the. Oh, yeah. Crazy People shit. would watch yeah. like I was you could not miss the Cardinals play when Mark McGuire was was chasing oh, yeah. was chasing that 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 yeah. record. And no one, I mean, maybe people were thinking that. I was pretty young at the time, but no one was like looking at this guy thinking like, why does he look like he just got stung by a hundred bees? Like no man should be, should look like this. Yeah. And then, and then the effect that that had on the league for a few years was, was, was massive. I don't know from someone who's like now a professional baseball player. And he's, is that, is that kind of, you still kind of feel that kind of, that, that weight, the weight of the steroid? No, it's, so, it's pretty, I it's mean, pretty gone. Yeah. I mean, with testing now, it's like, you can't oh, get, sure, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're getting... We've had uh, CDT there, like, which are guys that drug test us. I mean, starting, it's been like, they've been there like every day for the last like two weeks and like random drug wow. tests, whether it's blood tests uh, or, you know, okay. urine. So it's like, they've cracked down on it so hard. It's like, guys aren't, yeah, guys aren't getting away with it. Those That's days it. just over. They're just over. Yeah. And sophisticated beyond like it's not just anabolic steroids they're looking for anymore. Yeah, There's yeah, like a looking, thousand things. On yeah, the list. they're looking for every. And like I said, it's like the they're taking blood. It's like you just can't can't get away with it. Did you know Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you? They'll even alert you when there's been an increase in a subscription price and negotiate rates for you. I can see my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. You wouldn't believe how many people are paying for subscriptions they don't use. This happened to me. It's annoying. This helps you find it out and get rid of it. Well, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Applying for tags each year in the West can be daunting. Yeah, I apply for everything everywhere. It's dawning. You have to go to a variety of sources to formulate your best guess as to where to apply. Well, this is a thing of the past now. Onyx just launched hunt research tools to simplify the process for all hunters. This tool helps organize the data that matters, makes comparing hunt options easy, and helps hunters develop a plan based on real metrics rather than gut feelings. Onyx Hunt also offers all elite members a free digital membership to Hunt and Fool, who I use, for boots on the ground, insight and knowledge, and a membership to Hunt Reminder, so you never miss another deadline. 
Stop stressing over application season and apply with confidence in 2024. Check out OnX Hunt Research Tools, free for all OnX Hunt Elite members. Not an elite member? Well, let's fix that. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt. This is an app I use literally every day. I use it for every aspect of hunting, scouting, trapping, you name it. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. These things are super cool as a gift, especially if you got mom, aunt, grandma, whoever, and you want to like keep them up to speed on what the family's up to. Okay, It's easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with pre-loaded photos and memories. Named the best digital picture frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. You can share photos to the frame instantly from anywhere, meaning you share videos, photos from any device, and they will instantly appear on the frame wherever it is in the world. There's no memory card required right now. Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code MEATEATER at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. When did you guys, when, you were born You were born in Tennessee, but moved to Mississippi, right? Yeah, so when I lived in, I lived in, her, yeah, I ne- I've never lived in Tennessee, like physically lived in Tennessee. Oh, um, okay. um, I've lived in Hernando, Mississippi, which is 20 minutes from Memphis. So it's like Memphis was the mm. closest hospital. So that's, that's the reason why. Oh, that's why. why yeah. You, oh, yeah. It's like, really? that's the only place to go. Um, my, my buddy's always, you know, especially on the team, like, you're not from Mississippi, you're from Tennessee. I'm like. Oh, that's why. Yeah, well, that's why I was always, always, always like from Mississippi, from Mississippi, from Mississippi. Then I yeah. saw like born in Memphis, Memphis Tennessee. Now, correct that just because yeah. your parents drove over there to go. <laughs> yeah, to that's hospital. the only way. But birth certificate says Memphis, Tennessee. So does it really? Yeah, can't argue with it. He could still help out with the squirrel cook-off, though. <laughs> oh yeah, we should talk to you about this. Do you, how how connected to Tennessee do you feel? Like strong, super strong connection? <laughs> Not really. To be honest. Uh, to uh, Memphis re- area though, right? Like, I go up. Like I went up there one time this off season for Luke Combs concert. That's the only time. I oh, yeah. Well, yeah. hey. So I don't. Hey. I, There's a connection I just don't go there. there. Like I said, I get enough of somewhat of a big city, so I stay stay secluded as possible. Yeah. Have, you, have you got to meet Luke? Oh yeah, yeah. He came into the locker room uh, about a little over a month ago. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Love. Well, he's good. A great. No, he doesn't sing know. A song. He doesn't know about this either. But so we're gonna ramp it up. Well, here's the thing we're trying to work on. So you might you might have to come up because if you can make it, we're trying to work on this thing where uh, there's we're trying to get there were some people that wanted to move the National Squirrel Cookoff or what's yeah. yeah the World yeah, yeah. Squirrel World cook-off. Squirrel Cookoff yeah. has always been in Arkansas, and they wanted to bring it to Tennessee, but the animal rights people got onto it and like they they lost their venue. So we're trying to bring it back with a bang. To Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you might need to bring up a squirrel dish. I can do that. All right. Just let me know. <laughs> and you can revisit your birthplace. There yeah. we go. <laughs> <laughs> I can kill a mess of squirrels one morning. So did, when, when you were growing up there, what was the, what was the, how did you get introduced to hunting and fishing? Um, so 
got introduced really by my my uncle like bow hunting mm-hmm. um my dad hunted my dad grew up in dumas arkansas small town um die hard duck hunter yeah that's good duck hunting country yeah, right yeah. there um die hard duck hunter like he tells me stories all the time this is when to me, he said when ducks were around, he doesn't think ducks ducks are around anymore. That's a that's uh, a common malady that happens to, yeah, when you get older. Yeah, you know? um, they're not around as perhaps much. where you hunted them. Yeah, you know, yeah. or, or they turned it into a Walmart or right. something. You know, and it just seems like the whole world ended. Yeah. So he's yeah you know, he said he they used to wake up in the morning, kill lemon and mallard, go to class like every morning. So it's like, and then kind of as you know, my sister came around, I came around, my brother came around. He just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more of a camp guy. Loves to cook, uh, have a have a cocktail uh, along with it. Um, but really, my uncle Heath introduced me to to, to deer hunting. Um, Winona, Mississippi. Every weekend, I got the chance to. I was going down there um, and and just spending the weekend with him hunting. Killed my first, actually killed my first deer with my rifle there. Killed my first bow or deer with the bow there. Um, and ever since then, in been, what area was that? Uh, Winona, Mississippi. Okay. Not not far from uh, Starkville, Mississippi State, about an hour yep. uh, west of there. So, did uh, where where'd you wind up going to? So, what high school did you go to? Soda Central uh, in South Haven, Mississippi. And by that point, you were hardcore baseball. Yeah, at that point, yeah. I I mean, I as 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 soon as I could pick up a bat, I was swinging a baseball bat. Um, and and just fell in love with it. My my dad, um, you know, was a sports guy. He punted at Mississippi State, um, played baseball there for his his freshman year, and then just just went to football only. So we were always doing sports, um, and just gravitated towards towards baseball versus football or basketball. Well, there had to have been though, man. Like there had to have been an either or, or a this or that moment there's this there's this quote by jim harrison i, I wish we, i had it with me the writer jim harrison has this quote where we're talking about where he grew up he said that at, at some age it was either there's kids that had a baseball bat when they're riding their bike down the road or there's kids that had a fishing pole yeah and he said and they might intermix a little bit but their destinies were set yeah you know uh-huh. but you, that didn't happen to you what like how was the sort of you know what i mean when you how was it figuring that out? Like from hunting? Just like when you were young. Yeah. yeah no, I mean. To, it, to be involved in something that would be, if if like, you're good at it, you have promise at it, it requires unbelievable dedication. You can't be distracted. Right. And then you have to be looking at the stuff you're not going to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, I remember growing up and in and, and the summers, it was like, you know, all my buddies were going to the lake. All my buddies were going to the pool. They were going on vacation, and I was going to play baseball. Um, and it was just, you know, one of those things that I I love so much. Um, and it, it it just like I said, it kind of what I was saying back earlier is like I get the best of both worlds. Like it was, that's how it was. Even you know, growing up, it's like summers were baseball, winters were hunting, and it's just Got like it. that's what that's what I did. Um, and, and and it was for me it was an easy choice between baseball and football like i i liked football um but i knew just the i think the attention to the the small details that the the game of baseball you know you have to understand and and focus on the mental side of the game like i think that was what you know attracted me so much there was so much uh little side you know the little things that the side of the you know baseball that 
that I, I think attracted me more. Um, and, and like I said, just being able to do baseball and then winters were, were my hunting season. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier when we were talking about your last five games. After 162 games that it can come down to like a few pitches. Right. You know, that that level of detail and statistical anomaly in baseball like this is it's, not football no right? and, and that's that's what i think some fans get so bored with it and they you know baseball is boring it's like but when you really dive into it it's like you know there's so like the attention to detail is so huge in the game like you know it's like you know if i say there's a guy on first and you know somewhat of a slow runner and I have an opportunity to turn double play. I don't, um, you know, that guy ends up staying on first or second or whatever may happen. It's like that guy ends up base hit, scoring a run. It's like, you know, looking back at the end of the game, it's like if I were to turn that double play, the game's, you know, the yeah. game, you know, we may be winning, winning by one versus losing by one. So it's like that small stuff is, it to me, is what, you know, I think I love so much of it. And you have that level of knowledge about all the players. Like, you know that someone's a slow runner. Oh, yeah, yeah. We And a part of it, like, analytically, you know, is taking over the game so much. It's like, if, if I don't know if you've noticed last night, it's like every between every batter, I was, like, pulling out this card in my back pocket. And it shows, like, where, you know, it kind of gives us an idea where to play. You know, it has, you know, how fast the guy, like, like Plus minus, like whether the guy runs fast, like so. Oh, that's mm. okay. You know what's funny is I kept saying I was saying to someone I was like that dude just pulled a phone out of his pocket. He's like, there's no way. No, no. <laughs> I, I was like, what the hell? Did y'all see that from the, the Diamondbacks? Did y'all see that happen? No. Yeah, the guy yeah, slid into third base. Slid that's, third yeah, base. that's what he's saying. He's, that's why you saying there's no way he had a phone. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah. It's like a, we have like a little card. They do all like their their you know analytical work. We get it, um, and it kind of helps us, you know. You know, we still play like the the eye test of you know we can make adjustments if we want to, but we, you know, it, it's very helpful. Is that kind of what, what you're, you're referencing when you start mixing up how you guys are shifting how the, in, the infields yes. lining up? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's that's where we get get our information. Are you I, happy or disappointed that the shift is going away? <sighs> happy in a way because I don't have to run to right field. Um, <laughs> You potentially were shifting all the way to right from oh, yeah. third. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah, I don't know if y'all. I went. I went out to shallow right field oh, yesterday that. a couple of times. Um, you know, I'm 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 excited that I don't have to do that next year. But at the same time, like the rule is, is you have to have two position players on each bag or each side of the bag next year of second base. My thought process was as long as you have a foot in in the dirt. I was just like, take away the extremes, like the guys that go all the way out to right field. But it is what it is. Um, and I think it'll, you know, it'll help some guys from a hitting standpoint. And it takes, you know, it, it then shows the value of, you know, a true defender of like the range. Uh, you got to have that that side of it next year. So mm -hmm. it'll be cool. How, I know you probably can't get into too much detail, but how, um, how specific is the card? I mean, you don't have a card on every player, right? Oh, yeah. Or not a card on every player, but like we have every player. Um, and then, I mean, it's pretty basic. It's just, you know, it's, you know whether we're shifting or not okay um and that like i said that just tells me if i'm if i'm going to right field or not and then um if if he's you know if he's a speed guy or if he's a slower guy that just kind of helps us 
tell you know how much that game clock of you know in our mind of how much time i have to to get the guy out man that um, hurt to, to find someone's card and find your name on it it says slow guy that's me oh, really? I'm, 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 I'm that guy on someone's car that's like hey all the time in the world just get it over there. can you uh, tell us what it might say about pete alonzo like what a few things would maybe um, be uh, details about him he's straight up uh which i mean uh, that's kudos to him he hits the ball you know You've seen it, like he has the ball power all sides of the field. Um, I want to say he's an equal, like what we call an equal guy. Like he he gets down the line pretty pretty fine. So um, nothing nothing bad to say about Pete. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, speaking of running fast, who was it that found? Talk about what's the dude that has the race, like the seventh inning race? Oh, I was, I was hoping that the freeze oh, would the be freeze? there last night. I know. We, I'm very shocked. He normally there every day. I so, checked uh, it every game. Explain this to me now. You've so, seen it a bunch. Yeah. Obviously. So they what they do is, um, and this is exclusive to Braves games. Right. The right. So they start on one side of the foul pole in the warning track, and they pick a random person in the fans. It's like, hey, do you want to beat the freeze? Is what or do they, they try it. to find like a fast looking dude? They because the dude that they had last night who gets to do the run to get the base. Oh, that guy. He looked like he went and found like a pretty. I mean, that wasn't yeah. just a random so, dude. <laughs> there's been guys that have beat the freeze. And oh, they have. Yeah, and there's been guys that pulled hammies. Uh, while they've, <laughs> they've beat the freeze. There's been guys that have ate dirt that have tripped. Um, so I think they just go pretty random. But it's we get a nice little kick out of it, especially the like I said, the guy that's. You know, not stretched, and he's about halfway there, and he checks up because his hamstring is pulled. And um, it's like, uh, it's like John Colt. It's like Coulter's run, right? Like the guy gets a head start. Yeah, yeah. Guy gets like a fifteen, you know, yard, fifteen, twenty yard head start, and you know, he normally he can he can roll. <laughs> <laughs> he's blows. Yeah, yeah. The they should have chose hoping. you yesterday, Steve. No. What's that? They yeah. should have chose you for that yesterday. Oh, I was hoping to see it. Come tonight, Spencer we'll make it happen. It to me, man. Yeah, yeah, it goes viral a few times a year because somebody trips and falls, or like oh, yeah. you said, gets a serious injury. Yeah, it's, 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 it's entertaining hilarious. stuff. What uh, do you have like a home hunting setup, or is that just out of the question because you can't do all, you can't keep track of this stuff? So you know? I'm in a hunting club. You are um, okay on the Mississippi River in Tunica. Um, it's it's four thousand acres, uh, just just west of Tunica, Mississippi. Uh, I think it's like twelve of us in it. You know. Um, and that that's what that's where I you know. When I'm home, that's where where I hunt. So you got a spot where even though you can't pay any attention to that stuff because you got to focus, you got a spot that your friends and partners yeah, and stuff, right. so you can just roll right into it. Yeah, yeah. So um, the way it works is, um, like I said, there's 12 of us. One of my my best friends is in it, um, Will Craft, and his dad are in it. So they, you know, we this new Spartan, you know, the cellular cameras are awesome. This time of year, like I'm sitting in my locker, I'm glued to it because um, I'm, you know, I'm checking them. Oh, really? um, oh yeah. Uh, so they, like I said, they, they fortunate enough, they, they kind of set everything up, you know, feed, um, whatever it may be, you know, hang some stands, move some cameras around. So that, like I said, when I, whenever I do get home, you know, I can, I can roll right into it. How do you, uh, when you talk about all the analytics and all the stuff to keep track of and all the studying, what's your, when when and how do you just zone out? I mean, during season. Like as far as? Just that you, I don't know, watch some dudes getting in a fight at a walleye tournament on YouTube or whatever. Oh, you know what I mean? Are you like, talking about like during, like before games? No, I mean, just uh, like in your schedule. I'm pretty low key. I'm not going to lie. Like I don't like to, I'm not one of those guys that's, 
sitting, you know, in my hotel room and like I'm studying film or, um, you know, I'm going to check on like the next, next day starter. Um, but uh, you know, over, to me, it's like over 162 games. If, if you like, you got to step away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I like to play golf, uh, on the, on the road. If, if I get an off day, you know, I'll try to hit the links just to do something different. It's like, like I said, you're, we may have like two to three days off in a month, and it's just like I said, it's so repetitive every day. It's like hotel field, home field, hotel field, home field. So it's like doing something different. Um, I think is is huge uh, from from the mental side of it. So you know, I, I lock in uh, once I get to the yard. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll I'll figure out who's pitching that night. Once I get to the yard, I'll go in and do do some homework. We you know we have an app on our phone that we're able to 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 log in and. Um, and you know, kind of like I said, do your homework, so to speak, of of what that pitcher is going to try to do to you that night. Um, but you know, like I said, at, at the same time, there is some, you know, definitely got to step away at, at points. You've also always been a part of like competitive teams in the majors, and I imagine you know people who play for a club that is eliminated from playoff contention by July, they like do feel that lull more than you do it's it's probably a lot easier to stay engaged when you're like always in the hunt oh yeah no doubt i mean like i said it's like you're always looking you know even like this year it's like you're always watching the box scores of the mets um you're you're seeing how they're doing um and and i think that's that's the beauty of it like i said you're you're playing for something uh you're not just out there you know trying to you know whatever it may be for for teams that you know aren't aren't in a playoff contingent but like i said being able being fortunate enough to be on a team that you know competes every year it it definitely makes it you know a lot easier to to go out there every day and and like i said you're you're playing for something uh you know at the end of the year you know how the the president has an intelligence briefing where people come in they right break it all down for you right you have to do your own. Like, do you have? Does someone present to you about what's going on, or you have to do your own research? You have to. You have to go over the materials yourself. Uh, no, our, like I said, that's like analytical side of the game has like grown so much in the last three or four years. Um, so like we get we have we have hitters meetings. Like we go over like scouting report. Um, I, I like I said, I just said it. We we get a scouting report on the pitcher. So someone someone presents yeah. the information. Yeah. Someone verbally presents the information well, to that you. verbally, and we get like paperwork on it um, at the field, and we can um, you know go over it, take all take as much or as little information as we want, and like I said, form form a game plan. Yeah. Who who is uh, so? It's probably the most demanding for the pitcher. I would say so. Um, just because they're seeing so many different guys, yeah. like me, it's, yeah, no, like all yeah, these personalities, yeah, shit, right, right. right. Yeah. So it's like for me, it's like I may see, you know, I may say one guy one night, if a guy's really good um, that night, or I may see four four guys. Um, so, but you know, they're seeing, you know, for sure nine, you know, pinch hitting. You may see ten or eleven. Uh, so I think it's definitely more more important for for them. What's it like to have all your um all your finances just become like national news story. We're big. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, right. I'm, to be and, like, he will get this much money in this 10 years. And yeah. all of a sudden, do you know I mean, it's just, there's no sort of like politeness about like, no. well, I don't know what he actually, you know, yeah. I don't know what Bob makes, you know, um, <laughs> it's gotta be like, you gotta feel pretty early, naked, early man. On, it, you know, early on in my career, I was, you know, a little am about it, but then it's like, you know, 
I'm not going to step away from it because of that reason. So you just kind of embrace <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've decided not, not to sign yeah. the contract. So yeah. I just don't want everybody to know. Uh, so yeah, you, it's one of those things you embrace. You just kind of so, get over it. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, Sean and I were talking about. There's a player last night that was having a couple had a couple rough plays, and the guy in front of us just yelled out his contract amount. You know, and yeah. it's like, ooh, it was brutal. the weirdest thing. His <laughs> insult at the player was to yell out his contract amount. Was it was it Eddie Rosario? Yeah. Is that, okay. Yep. Right. Yeah, uh, which was a weird, weird thing to oh, witness. Yeah, I can, can imagine. So you had the you you have um you signed a contract with the Braves that was uh hadn't been done before. Like a, a length of time. Right? Le- yeah. 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 Um Thank you, Braves. Uh, no, very, very fortunate. Um, you know, I, I it made sense to me um, to to just be here. For, you know, hopefully for the rest of my career. I mean, I my family's five hours from here. You know, in, in Mississippi, um, my wife Anna has some family that lives here. Um, you know, the organization's great. You know, the family relations are great. You know, having a little one that just you know, it, it made too much sense for for me not to, you know, to to sign something that was that was long term here. So when you when you did that, was it just kind of like a um, in terms of aspiration and career? When you got to that point, is it just like a sigh of relief? Yeah. Or is yeah. it like holy cow, man? Now I really got to like perform for a long time, or else I'm gonna feel like <laughs> dirt. You know. Um, it definitely was a sigh of relief, just because you know. Up until that point, you know, you, the I could have been traded, you know, the next day, or, mm-hmm. or you know, I, you know, a career injury that could happen. I could, you know, not know what was my next move. Um, so, you know, like I said, it was just, you know, that that right there alone, I think, took a lot of weight off my my shoulders. Just knowing that, you know, my family's set up for for the, you know, the rest of the life. I, you know, don't have to worry about college for for little man, like any any of those things. All the financial side of it was taken care of. But at the same time, it's like, okay, now, you know, I expect more out of myself. Fans expect more out of sure, me. Man, um, yeah. So that that definitely, you know, plays. And, and I could picture that just being a huge, you know, because then there's sort of this. Uh, it's like. The fans, everyone, they've bought something and now it better turn out. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah, they right. want the value. It better right. turn out right. as expected. Um, right. And, and I, to me, that's like, it's like a, another thing that I, I love. It's, it's just like, hey, I got, I got a, just another reason to work harder and, and, and try, to, try to perform better. Is just, you know, try to, to be that guy that, that fans can rely on, my teammates can rely on. Um, and and that's, the, that's the beauty of it to me. I spend a, Silly amount of time fantasizing about like the deer hunting property I'd buy if I were to win the lottery or something. Now that you sign this contract, is that on your radar that you're going to sure. get a farm? <laughs> For sure. Where um, at? How, how many states? In Mississippi. Um, in Mississippi. I, I want. I would love to own some uh, some land behind the levee um, mm. by the Mississippi River. Just um, growing up hunting in the hills of Mississippi, deer aren't as big. Being in this camp that I am in now behind the levee. Um, there's some giants that walk around there, sneaky, really? sneaky giants, um, swamp donkeys. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, so that's definitely in the in the works, uh, and hopefully in the next couple of years. To, what about like when Farm Two comes around? Is that going to be Mississippi as well? Or are you thinking somewhere else? If you know, if I were to ever purchase another piece um, out of state, Illinois. 
Mm. I'd love to to be able to you know because you know I could be there in five five or six hours, mm-hmm. uh, not not far. Um, would like I said, would love a, love a piece up there somewhere. Are are you actively looking for stuff? Um, always. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even even before I, I I signed the contract, like I said, it was a dream. Like I've always dreamed of owning my sure, own, my man. own land and and um you know building it for the better for for wildlife. My grandfather farmed, um, so I was, you know, on a tractor riding around. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Okay. So as, um, you know, whether it's owning a piece, you know, that's, you know, half of it's we call it like the wet side, which is on the the Mississippi side of the levee, mm-hmm. or the dry side. Um, you know, whether it's half and half farming a little bit, you know, definitely want to want to do something. Can just for people who aren't familiar, can you explain when you when you talk about below the levee or the or, what? So there's behind, a, a huge levee, levee. Yeah, there's a huge levee that runs down the Mississippi River, um, and it's just you know a, a flood flood you yeah. know flood levee. Um, so just on the other side, like on the wet, we call it the wet side, which is the side closest to to uh, to the river. Um, just is something about there's just huge old um oak tree i mean just trees are huge i mean it's just different it to me it's That's like old forest yeah it's like, it's yeah like a wilderness it, yeah it's like there. you you go on the other side it's just like completely different uh it, it's crazy it's like when you go over there it's like you're in to me you're in a whole another another huh. world well it hasn't been uh, so manipulated by man right yeah right yeah. And, and then like you said you're right there on the delta so it's like on mm-hmm. the other the dry side it's like straight flat pretty much all farmland Got um it. so it's I love spending time behind behind the levee. Yeah, that's a good term. Yeah, so that's good. So, what are your uh, what are your plans this year when you get done with your season? Gonna lay low. Uh, you know, we had little man, uh, my my son Easton, uh, April. So, um, gonna gonna lay low this this off season because I hadn't got to spend a whole lot of time with him. Um, I know I'm going to Nebraska to hunt. Uh, hunt up there it's kind of like my my year my yearly thing that i do but other than that i'm gonna stay stay around the house uh and, and just you know spend as much time with him as possible so like I said, you got any trips you'll have to cancel if things go good uh no that's like i said that's that. the, that's the only one i got i got planned th- this year so did you uh, name your kid after the baseball bat company no so that's <laughs> no no a lot of people have, it's uh, easy no, no t oh um, yeah okay yeah, 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 yeah. I, or the arrow the arrow yeah, company, the arrow company. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. even better um hey, is it true that you got that so your your son was born during season yeah you guys get what's your what you guys get like a three day paternity leave or how's that work? Yeah, so three days is. I mean, obviously, if you need more, they they do. They, yeah. you know, Alex is as good about it. Um, Were you playing on birth night? Oh yeah. So listen to this. <laughs> so we were in L.A. Um, and Anna was you know call she called me a couple times like hey I'm having these weird you know pains and it's just you know it's like every fifteen minutes like I was like. Maybe you know, call. Um, oh, what's what's the term? It's she's not. That's not the like the doctor doula, uh, midwife. Not, midwife. Yep. Um, there it is. So I was like, call her and just like see if you need to come in or whatever. And she's like, they called her and doctor was like, oh, they're probably just Braxton Hicks. Like you know, drink a bunch of water, put your feet up, blah blah. So um, this was like twenty minutes for game time. So I was like, I told our trainer george um i was like hey we call anna just to make sure she knows like if anything goes on to call you like and that way i can you know get get on a plane and go um 
middle of the game, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, middle of the game, um, you know, George gets a call, Anna's going to the hospital. Um, and at this point, I think we're in like the seventh or eighth inning. They start looking at flights. There's no, you know, no private flights that are going to get me any any earlier. Uh, you know, commercial flights. There was like the red eye was like the only thing I could take at this point because you know the time change and stuff. Um, so, and you're in. You say you're in Los Angeles. La, yeah, in LA. She's here. So her her aunt ends up coming get her, take her to the the hospital. You know, she, this is you know she's going. She's getting ready. Um, as soon as the game's over with, George is like, "Hey, you got to fly. You got to leave." So like I'm like straight panic mode go get in the shower they get me a car send me to the airport did you have, um, did you have to bat while this is going on well they didn't they luckily they didn't tell me um because like <laughs> they well there was no there was like there was no reason to because the only flight i could take was at midnight oh i got like yeah. so they, were, they weren't pulling me out like there's no sense of pulling me out of the game um so but they're and, working on it yeah they're they're all like behind talking to my agent getting ever trying to get everything ready um <laughs> so as soon as the game's over i shower rush to the you know the airport um to take the red eye and like seven thirty, i get a text from you know anna's sister your dad and i'm on the dang flight so oh, I, I, really? I, yeah, I end up missing it which crushed me oh. uh that, that was tough got like no sleep on the flight because oh. i'm sitting here like you know, thinking what, you know, what, you know, what all is going on. Um, land at, so he, you know, born at seven, it was like seven thirty-five. I land at like eight and ended up getting up there at like nine thirty. hit traffic and everything. And just, it was, really? a, it was a long oh. couple of days, but anyway, so we had an off day the, the next day. Um, and you know, at that point, you know, I can only do so much. So I ended up, you know, having the off day and, and just missing the, missing the one, one game. Uh, but no, I, normally you can, like I said, you get three days of maternity leave, and but it was a good little ride. Um, <laughs> but wild. I tell Anna, I was like, it may be a blessing in disguise because they waited so long to give her the epidural that my aunt ended up having to like step in and being a little mean, which I'm like, I, I don't know if I would have could have done that. Um, so it may have been a blessing in disguise. You might not have been as good of an advocate. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, you know, all things work out for a reason, so. Oh, that's great, man. Do you, do you guys desire to have more kids? Um, I, I would. I think she would too. You know, we've talked. I don't think anytime soon. Yeah, so um, but I think yeah, you got a to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> but I think there's definitely, hopefully, another one in the in the future. What you need to do is get yourself a little calculator or a calendar and figure out. Oh yeah, we've I've already talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> plan, plan in the off season. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, man, we're gonna. Do this January, February, right. man. I'm gonna be there. Yeah, I'll drive you down to the hospital. Yeah, I can, I can be there for the whole shindig. Be like, well, I thought it was gonna be that way, but we're kind of on to this really nice box, so it's gonna be. <laughs> so you have, have to go yeah. alone again. Well, well the Sorry. funny thing is, is like, in, I could have been anywhere else, and I make it on time. Like we happen to just be in the West Coast, happen yeah. to be playing in L.A., and it just couldn't have been playing Washington or. Phillies yeah. <laughs> or New York, where I'm an hour or two away. You know, I'd have been five and a half hour flight. <laughs> but talk to us about your quote that went viral earlier this year that I think uh, was popular <laughs> oh, among a lot of outdoorsmen. Oh, it was. I'll go ahead and say I didn't say that. 
You didn't say uh, that. Oh. So where did this come from? <laughs> so there's someone made. I guess it was an account. Let me say saying, the quote here real quick. Yeah. It says, yeah. "I crush the ball and hunt deer." And it ain't deer season. <laughs> is that like the actual like Instagram yeah, that's, post? Yeah, that's right like right, so yeah. someone made the that graphic. Someone so made that about you. Received the very small print. Oh no! Is it like it's Ballsack like, Sports or something? Well, no. So it says Austin Riley didn't say this. Uh, <laughs> oh. Something like that. So this account that's created devastating. This. I know. Like it. it funny, funny quote. Uh, <laughs> um, Great quote. But yeah. So it says um, they like this account made all this stuff. So it says a like. A bunch of random stuff like from players, and they're uh-huh. like, they you know didn't say this, but it's it's kind of funny. Oh yeah, it says Austin Riley did not say this about his recent hot streak. Even though they put it in, even though they literally put it yeah. in quotes. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I've had to tell a couple of people that. Yeah, it's a very small, giant red quote mark. Can you just go around saying that now? Like you should make that yours. I know. Um, (laughs) I hadn't, but it's it's a it's a it's a hilarious. I've gotten so much. When it came out, like all my buddies, like everybody was sending it to me. (laughs) It was was good. So did that like uh, introduce a lot of opposing players that would come up and talk to be like, oh, you like deer hunting too? Uh. I think everyone. I mean, really, if if you look at my Instagram account, it's it's got it's, it's not got a secret. The yeah, it's not a <laughs> no, secret. Everyone knows. Yeah, so everyone pretty much knew that I was, you know, being from Mississippi. Oh, you're a big redneck hunter, aren't you? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, man. I know I know you got to get out of here, but uh, good luck with the family first and foremost. Appreciate that. Congratulations on your kid. Yeah, thank you. And uh, good luck with the rest of the year. I and then it. when it's done. Good luck with the hunt. Appreciate it. That's I'll keep I'll keep an eye on, yeah, on you on Instagram. Yeah, make sure. You yeah, get for some sure. Good stuff. For sure. I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh no, it's great, man. It's appreciate so you coming down. Yeah. Best walk up song in baseball too. Ooh. You no, I'm I'm saying you have it. Oh yeah, Stone Cold. S- yeah, Steve Love was that. talking about how he doesn't Dang. have any connection to uh, take me out to the ball game. But when I heard the glass shatter for Stone Cold right. Steve Austin, I was like, oh man. If I was an opposing pitcher, I'd be so intimidated at that moment. <laughs> so f- real quick on how that came out. So like I. Nelly hot in here has been like my walk up phone for like ever since I got into pro ball. Um, but everybody on Twitter was like hammering me. It was like, you got to change it. You got to change it. You got to change it. And I think I went through like a little skid where I was struggling. I was like, I'm changing it and ended up going off after it. So it's, it stuck. Love it. So, nice. And I got a, the, after winning the World Series, WWE sent me like an actual belt. It's my most like prized so you possession. you got one of those, those, like, the those huge insane belts. belts. Yeah. Yeah. It says like WWE World Series champs on it. It's got the Atlanta emblem on it. It's nasty. Yeah, I bet Nelly never sent you like a face band. No, 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 but I got a huge belt. It's on yeah. my man cave. Shows you who your real friends are, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks. Again. Thanks yeah. again for coming on the show. Yeah, it's been great. This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. It is a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that they need and that meets them where they are and helps them get through challenges. BetterHelp provides online therapy 
on your schedule. It's flexible. It's simple to use. You can connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.